0: You're listening to the Open Doors Canada podcast. At Open Doors, we work to strengthen Christians where faith costs the most, so that they can continue to be the church in some of the most dangerous places on earth. In this podcast, we analyze current persecution trends, share stories from Christians that face high levels of persecution for their faith, and always stand with them in prayer. Thanks for joining us. Here's today's episode.
1: Welcome back to the Open Doors Canada podcast. I'm Andrew, this is Nicolette with me today. And uh, we are really ready to jump into a new season. Uh, If you were listening to our last podcast, we uh, reacted to the 2024 World Watch List, but we also gave some news. We've changed the name of the podcast, the Open Doors Canada podcast. We're gonna be releasing twice a month. Uh, And so we're really ready to dig in today Mm -hmm. to a, a new topic, a topic we haven't talked about a lot on the podcast. But before we do that, we did want to let you know if you are in Canada, that we would love your help uh, to invite your MP to our World Watch This release event. It's coming up in the middle of March. Uh- We, every year, we take the World Watch list to our parliamentarians uh, to tell them what is happening so that they can be aware of freedom of religion and belief issues so that they can help represent us better and so that they can act on behalf of those who are experiencing freedom of religion or belief issues.
0: Yeah, and you know, last year, um, at our last parliamentary release, we actually had the highest turnout um, for our event, which was super encouraging. I think that was our first event after the pandemic.
1: It was the first one back in person in Ottawa. I yeah. am.
0: Yes. Um, and so we had such a great turnout and we know that it's because people like you invited your MP. So uh, we're hoping to have that kind of turnout again. So if you could head to opendoorscanada.org forward slash invite your MP, um, we would really appreciate that as it it works. People
1: come. Absolutely. we. Um, we know that people have come because they've been invited by their constituents, mm-hmm. and uh, yeah, so check that out. Uh, come you know it doesn't matter what party your MP is from. we've had uh, we've had MPs from multiple different parties. Uh, they are represented because uh, they want to you know they listen to their constituents and what their constituents care about.
0: Mm-hmm. absolutely. So today on the podcast we wanted to focus on a country that we haven't talked about a lot for security reasons and that country is Yemen. But uh, today we want to share more about the church in Yemen so that we can be praying for our brothers and sisters in Christ that are living there.
1: Yemen is a country that has been in civil war since 2014. Now it's a very complicated situation. I'll give you Kind of a very brief synopsis, but if you if you wanna really understand it, you're gonna to have to check out other sources, you know, respectable sources uh, on the internet. But there are multiple groups vying for control in the country. Uh, you have the old government, uh, which is known as the Presidential Leadership Council. Uh, they uh, are the most widely recognized government of Yemen by other governments. Mm-hmm. Uh, they control the most land, but they have less people. Mm-hmm. And then you have the, the Houthis, uh, who took the, over the capital in 2014, started the whole civil war. Uh, they're the next largest group. But then you also have uh, areas that are controlled by Al-Qaeda. Uh, which I'm sure you've heard of before. Uh, And then you have other areas that are ruled more or less by tribal groups.
0: Mm -hmm. So there's a lot of instability and this instability has a major impact on Yemen. Firstly, it's led to an increase in extremist elements entering the country. And there is also more organized crime. It's also collapsed the economy and Yemen is now the poorest country in the world.
1: And so it's very difficult for any citizen of Yemen, but uh, we do know it's very difficult for Christians is it's number three on the world watch list. Uh, You can't reveal that you're a Christian. You cannot have a church. You can't have an identity as a Christian. So like if you're born as a Yemeni, your birth certificate is going to say Muslim, Mm -hmm. right? And so it's really hard. You can't get married legally as a Christian. Mm -hmm. Uh, Very difficult.
0: Yeah, there's a lot of pressure. And this means that the church is largely secret. Believers have very limited contact with other Christians. So they mostly live their own life. Um, They're not really able to share their faith. This secrecy makes it really difficult to get an accurate picture of the number of Christians in Yemen. And it also makes it hard to know how many Christians are killed for their faith, for example.
1: Yeah, so it's very difficult for Christians to meet together you you only get together with those Christians you have already known for a long time because yes. you want to, to avoid being betrayed, right? You never know who's going to be a spy, but if you know people for a long time, you you have more trust, and so all of this puts heavy pressure on our brother and sisters living in Yemen.
0: Yeah, so there's a lot of secrecy, of course, for the church in Yemen. Um, But recently, Open Doors was able to interview a Yemeni believer. For security reasons, I'm sure you can understand that this couldn't be a filmed interview. Um, So what we're going to do instead is we're going to read it to you. Uh, I'll read the questions and Andrew will read the replies. And we hope that this interview helps you to understand what it's like for Christians that live in Yemen, what their everyday reality is like. So to start... Um, what is daily life like for a Christian in Yemen, uh, especially one that's uh, from a Muslim background?
1: Right, so one, one part of life is just the daily struggle to survive. Many Christians, I guess about 60 to 80 percent, do not have regular income. This would be similar to the rest of the population. Uh, but the Yemeni church is more mature, let's say, than the Saudi church, but it is still, uh, the sec- let's say, the second generation. You have leaders, but many of these leaders didn't have a theological education. There wasn't an existing church for generations and generations. The church in Yemen is fairly young and is struggling to motivate its members that there's hope that Jesus will make an impact. Where people say, well, if Jesus is there, why isn't the situation changing? It's a struggle. It's a struggle to keep joyful in a situation like this and then to be an example for other people. Most of the believers are living in households where they are not accepted or where they need to be secret and where they cannot practice their faith. It is assumed that they are Muslims, maybe they're just not as devout. You you may have someone that is constantly hiding their faith from their friends, from their family, pretending they go to mosque, but actually not going to the mosque, pretending they are still with the majority of the culture. So you don't feel at home anymore in your own family, in your own group of friends. And unfortunately, I think this can lead to Christians saying, well, did I make the right choice? What is really the difference between me and my friends who are normal Muslims? What is the advantage again that Christ brought me? I think a lot of people, a lot of Christians struggle with this, even in the West, uh, after they come to faith. And the difference is, is that by this time, uh, most of the Christians in Western countries have become part of the church. They're getting regular spiritual support and have made friends who are Christians. They're being pulled by the community in a life of faith. But if you cannot be part of a community of faithful people, as a majority of people in Yemen are, how do you keep your faith? I hope God's spirit is doing powerful things. But it's a natural feeling, I think, that because of the parable of the weeds, the concerns around you are so overwhelming. Should they be blamed that they don't remain joyful and hopeful? I find it all very challenging.
0: How do people in Yemen find Jesus?
1: Well, you can't go to church because there is no church. So where do you go with your questions? You go to the internet. And then the challenge is that people who are asking say, okay, well, can I then meet a Christian? We can have some relationships online, but that's something different than discipleship. At that time, you can give them some information, but not a changed heart. You cannot invite them into your community of believers because they may be a danger for other people. So even when someone comes to faith, what happens with the churches is that they would keep them on a leash, keep them in communication with them until there's a number of new believers that they can come together. And then that becomes a new fellowship of believers. It's really a challenge.
0: So in that case, what do churches look like?
1: Uh, Many times the church networks that we know already had relationships throughout many, many years, even before the war started, and they keep on meeting. They have prayer meetings. They can, eat, uh, they see each other for a meal. They come together. Many leaders stand up and try whatever they can. If you live in a Houthi, Houthi area, you will meet in different places all the time. If you live in Al Qaeda areas, you say, "Oh, shall we even meet? Shall we not meet? Well, let's just have a coffee, the two of us." But not many, not have any other people with us. So it's a, it's a cat-and-mouse game that is played in most of the areas. In other areas, in some of the cities, you can hide in the crowd. And that's what some of the churches there can do.
0: So what would happen if someone was found out to be a Christian in Yemen?
1: Uh, a few weeks ago, for example, uh, one was discovered. He had a Bible printed in his house, so the family came together and called in the tribal leaders. And there was a meeting and they said, we are going to give you three days to repent. This Christian went to some uh, military friends who were working with the police who are a little bit more open. And he thought, well, maybe I can trust them. So he said to them, I'm in trouble because my family is extremists and I'm not extremists anymore. And the friend said he would try to help him, but it was a lie. This believer went back home and was now also being harassed by the police. He got out somehow and he's now hiding in another place hoping that things will cool down, but he will likely never be able to come back to his home and he needs to live in a place of hiding. If that is in one of the bigger cities, he has lost his opportunities to get food. He doesn't have land anymore that he could build on or grow on. He's lost his opportunity to get married. He's lost everything in his life because he's on the run from his family. Even if he would move to say Egypt, it's not a given he's more safe because many times you have tribal people also in Egypt that will find out where he is. And then he's shamed the family and they will try to kill him. That's the verdict. Many times the tribe, police, etc. will say, well, you need to be killed for what you did because you offended Islam. So this is one example of what will happen if your faith is discovered. Another is that you're put in isolation. Let's say you're a Christian woman. You're put in isolation in the house. Any form of communication is taken from you. And that's the time that we never hear from them again. You don't know what happened to them. Perhaps they lost interest or perhaps they got caught. Either way, we pray that God will continue to work in their lives. And then there can also be into a forced into marriages. Or if it's a man who is being isolated, he's being robbed of any possibility of getting a job, getting a, finding a wife, etc., until he recants his faith. If you are already married, then there's a lot of pressure on the spouse to divorce you and the children be taken from you, and the pressure will build until the time that you come back to Islam or you can flee, but that's not a nice life either.
0: So what are some ways that we can pray for Yemen and for Yemeni believers?
1: I would really pray that there is hope and joy within the church. A second point is that they know that they are not alone. And I have a prayer that somehow the physical needs are met with wisdom in a way that the kingdom of God is served. And do pray for those who are in prison at the moment and those who are in isolation that we don't know about.
0: So let's take a moment and pray for Yemen and for Christians in Yemen right now. Lord, um, we are just so grateful to hear about um, our brothers and sisters in Yemen. Um, We're so grateful for uh, this interview that we're able to share. And uh, Lord, we're just grateful that the church is able to exist and that the church has uh, stood strong through the pressure and um, the violence that they face in Yemen, Lord. Um, We pray for 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 hope and for joy for our brothers and sisters today, um, we pray that um, though the church is young and though they must be so secretive with um, their faith and with how they can gather together, Lord, I pray that um, I fr- I pray that as our brothers and sisters uh, do get together in small groups or as they uh, read the word of God or as they uh, spend time in your presence, Lord, that they would be filled with joy and and uh, that they would. Um, be able to hold on to you and uh, that the hope that you give would transform them from the inside out, Lord. We pray um, for for strength for the church, that um, they would be able to learn more and, and to grow. And though the church is young, Lord, we pray that you would raise up leaders um, and uh, allow uh, people to grow in training and an understanding of you and of uh, who you are, and that uh, the church would be able to uh, have uh, strong roots. Um, Lord, we know that there's um, there's so much danger, and um, there's no uh, set way that uh, that people can gather, and it's very dependent on what the opportunity is in the moment. And so we pray for wisdom for our brothers and sisters, Lord. We pray that they would be in the right place at the right time, that they Um, that you would give them uh, discernment on who they can trust. And um, we just uh, pray, Lord, that you would guide them, that you would connect the right people, that you would encourage the brother and sister uh, that feels alone in this moment, Lord. May they know that even in their spirit, may they feel that people around the world um, are praying for them and that they have a family in Christ. Um, that though we can't gather together with them physically, Lord, that we we stand with them and um, we pray for them and we remember them. And I pray that you would help us here in Canada to to do that, to think of them regularly, to lift them before you in prayer, because we know that they rely on you and on our prayers in a real way. And um, I pray that uh, we would be encouraged just hearing of how they hold on to their faith and Uh, We're just so grateful that we're able to encourage each other in this way through your spirit without being able to be there physically. Um, So we lift our brothers and sisters in Yemen before you today, and we're so grateful for how you're moving in the church there. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.
1: Amen. Well, thanks so much for tuning in today to uh, the Open Doors Canada podcast. We hope you learned a bit about Yemen, and I hope that you will regularly be challenged to pray for our brothers and sisters in Yemen they need our prayers, Uh, we can show them that they're not alone uh, when we meet with them through our prayers. And so uh, please do remember to pray for our brothers and sisters.
0: Thanks so much for joining us. We'll see you next time on the Open Doors Canada podcast. Thanks for tuning in to this episode of the Open Doors Canada podcast. Make sure you subscribe to the podcast so that you know when our next episode is out. You can learn more about what persecuted Christians face and how you can help to strengthen them on our social media at Open Doors Canada or at our website, opendoorscanada.org.